Hey, we are so thankful that you're taking the time to tune into Grumwatt Church's podcast. It's our hope that this is an encouragement to you as you draw closer to Jesus. If you'd like to find out more about all things Grumwatt or for more info on our in-person gatherings, you can check us out at grumwatt.com. Now lean in. We're expectant for how God is going to use this time to speak to you today. Well, Happy New Year, Grumlaw Church. I mean, how often do we get to actually say that on New Year's Day? I mean, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Or actually like, like every seven years, so, so I'm being told. Anyway, with Christmas officially behind us, I know, very, very sad, we now look ahead to the year 2023 and perhaps loads of resolutions and grandiose declarations, less television, more play, less work, smaller waistlines, more saving, better parenting. This year, you are definitely going to find Mr. Wright. You will definitely find Mrs. Wright. And what I would ask of all of us this morning is, is to save some room as we enter into this new year amongst all of those resolutions for, for some spiritual growth, for, for some spiritual improvement as well. See, what we inevitably see during our Christmas services, and this isn't actually unique to Grumlaw, this is just true of the Big C Church, the Christian church at large, people placing their trust in Jesus for the first time. And, and we should definitely get excited about that. But, but we also want to remind you that, that salvation doesn't mark the end of your spiritual journey. Salvation marks the beginning of your spiritual journey. And regardless of where you find yourself on that spiritual journey, whether this is your first time at a church, whether you've been doing this church thing for literally your entire life, that there is a next step for you. This is actually what I feel to be one of the beautiful things about Christianity. It sort of levels the playing field amongst all of us. None of us, including, yes, even the pastor, have arrived. We are all sinful people in desperate need of the grace of God. We are all in the process of becoming more and more like Christ. And my working theory here is that most people don't take a next step in their spiritual journey, not because they don't want to, but rather they just don't know what that next step is. And we here at Grumlaw, we desperately want to see you take that next step. And so we try to make what would be that next step for you really, really obvious. It's in fact why we try to put the Grumlaw 7 on such obvious display. You've probably seen these banners floating around. We mention these things all the time. That The first one is, is weekends, showing up here consistently on Sunday mornings where you're receiving that teaching, where you're receiving an opportunity to praise and sing praises to your heavenly Father. Baptism, that, that public declaration of an inward commitment where you go public with your faith. Daily encounter, that, that is you, you learn to feed yourself. You don't rely on your spiritual growth just during these one hours on, on Sunday mornings, but, but rather you, you begin to carve out time in your daily schedule where you're reading his word. You're pulling that thing out and you're allowing the word of God to speak to you. You're spending time actually developing a relationship with him through prayer where you're sharing honest thoughts and, and feelings with him. Generosity, where you're giving a portion of your finances back to the local church. God's redemptive plan for, for the world, the instrument that he has chosen to spread that redemptive plan to the ends of the earth. Groups, where we challenge you to get out of the rows here on Sunday mornings, and uh, we ask you to get into circles in people's living rooms, where you connect with God and you connect with people at a much deeper level. As any of you have experienced, it's really hard to kind of form relationships in like the 10 minutes after service wraps up here on a Sunday morning, and so we try to create those environments for you. Serve, where you selflessly give of your time to something that probably in no way tangibly benefits you. And so, yes, that definitely happens in our community, but also, yes, right here in the local church. And then we challenge you to share. 
to, to, to share your side of the story, what, what God has been up to in your life. You're invited, inviting people into these environments. You are sharing your faith with, with other people. That Those banners for the Grumlaw 7, they're in our lobbies every single Sunday. They never take a week off. That there won't be a Sunday that goes by where we don't talk about one of these next steps. And I want to show you the heart behind this. And we find this in, in the book of Psalms, a book that we find in the Old Testament, that first half of the Bible. There it says, those planted in the house of Yahweh, another name for God, that those planted in the house of Yahweh in the court of our God flourish. Those who are deeply engaged in what God is up to in this world, and like it or not, the the primary instrument that God has chosen to be involved in this world is through the local church. That those who are deeply engaged in what God is up to here in the local church, you you flourish. That, That is, you you go to another level. You experience a deeper intimacy with God and and his people. You experience a deeper sense of satisfaction. You're more content. You're more at peace. You are more filled with with joy. You begin actually to experience what you were hoping that you would find at a place like this when, when you first came walking through the doors. What you were hoping to find, it will be found, but I'll make this clear, it does require something from you. Like anything good that we experience in this world, it requires us to make a move. And before you go, I don't know if I'm ready for that, before you perhaps push back on that, let me remind us that Jesus actually already made the first move toward you when he came down to this earth, dwelt amongst us, then gave his life for you. And, and so he now gently, kindly, lovingly says, hey, it's, it's your turn. And that's my heart. That's the heart of, of this church. We don't merely want all of you to just show up here on Sunday mornings to steal God's words. We want you to flourish, not only in your spiritual life, but in every area of life. In fact, God actually tells you that he wants you to experience a peace that actually transcends your circumstances, that regardless of what's good around you, you're good. You're actually better than good. You really do possess that peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm going to show us a picture here and maybe a little bit of a quiz. How many of you know what, what this is, what we're looking at here, right? Some of you, you're, you're smart people. This is, this is Death Valley. And, and those of you that know a little bit about Death Valley, you know that it's the hottest, driest place in America. It, it never rains. No, nothing lives there because nothing can survive there, and hence the name, again, Death Valley. But, but in the winter of 2004, a, a phenomenon occurred. Out of nowhere, Death Valley received seven inches of rain. And initially, well, absolutely nothing changed. But, but then come the spring, that, that same dry desert floor, it, it turned into this. What is referred to as, as a super bloom. And, and see, what this super bloom revealed was that, that Death Valley wasn't actually dead. That Death Valley was merely dormant. There, there were seeds of potential waiting below the surface waiting for the right circumstances. And the same is true of of you. Regardless of what you think your life looks like, there are seeds of potential if you will get into, if you will step into the right environment. And honestly, that's a lot of what we do around here, here in the the local church. We try to create the the right environments where, where you have the opportunity to flourish where you have the opportunity to have a super bloom of sorts in in your own life. And and yes, we actually believe that that can occur because we actually see that occur in the lives of others all the time. 
Here's how scripture would frame it. Back, back to our friends in Psalms. You make known to me, it's talking of God. God, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. He uses this terminology here, the path. That is, it's a progression. It's not say a prayer and then, and then you're kind of done with. No, it's a progression. It's a path. It's a journey. He says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Joy is, is internal. Something that can actually be sustained as maybe unlikely as that would seem to you right now. Happiness, conversely, is, is external. It's, it's dependent upon our circumstances, which are always changing. With eternal pleasures at your right hand. Pleasures. You, you know what that actually means? God has more for you than you're currently experiencing. Isn't that great? That, that, that's true for every single one of us no matter where you find yourself on this whole faith journey. And so what we're trying to do around here is we're trying to get you onto that path. And then what I'm gonna to attempt to do today is, is to help you identify where you're at on that path so that you can know what's, what's next. Within scripture, there are four major next steps that we consistently see laid out for us. Often said in different ways, but four things that, that God wants for, for every single one of us. And we're going to take a look this morning at just one of these occasions that we see pop up uh, in this particular instance in a letter uh, from a guy by the name of Paul that he wrote to an early church in a place called Ephesus, where it would sit today as in modern-day Turkey. There Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What Paul's communicating right there is he's going... I just wish that you could see this. That's what I feel every single Sunday when I jump onto this stage, we record these messages, and, and, and I speak. I just so wish that you could see this, how much better life is with, with Jesus. And then he goes on to mention those four things that I just alluded to. And number one, he says, so that you may know him better, to, to know him. Or, or if, again, you already know him, to, to know him better. In fact, actually, in the original Greek, the, the, this word that we get know him from, it indicates the deepest level of knowing someone. It, it, it's time. It, it is time for you to understand that following Jesus isn't a religion. It's a relationship. You can have a, a deep, a personal, an intimate, a, a real relationship with the living God. It is more personal than, than you have ever imagined. And, and when you step into that, well, something changes. It, your life, in fact, just gets, gets better. But, but it's not your doing. God, God quite literally puts himself in, in, inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit, which, which allows us the opportunity for, for those next three steps. He continues, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. See, what Paul is reminding us of right here is that when we see, we don't actually see with our eyes. Well, we partially see with our eyes, but we actually see through our hearts. We see through the lens of everything that has ever happened to us. It's why even right now, as, as I am speaking, 
We're, we're all seeing the exact same thing, right? It's not like we're sending different messages to different people in different homes. We're all seeing the same thing, but yet we are all seeing it differently based on your past church experiences, based upon those who, who have hurt you, but based on what you just maybe experienced over Christmas, good and bad, you are seeing through a filter of your heart. And, and so Paul, he, he's pointing us to that second step. Once you know God, once you have that power, the power of the living God living inside of you, you, you begin to work on your, your yesterdays. Or we could put it this way, your past, your pain, your problems, and your people. Everything that's happened that hasn't given you the best version of you. To find freedom from all that stuff which hasn't given you the best version of yourself. And, and he says, once you deal with that stuff, once you find that freedom, you will see that you are called. Maybe you've actually never heard this before, but you, you watching right now, you have a purpose. And once you have settled your yesterdays, and that doesn't mean that you're ever going to completely forget, but once you've erased that stain from your heart, that filter that you continue to view life through, well, you can see your tomorrows. I love how Mark Twain frames this. He says, the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. But, but listen to this. This is interesting. Studies have shown us consistently that 87% of you, 87% of the, the population on this world, that, that they don't know what their calling is, which means that 87% of you who are watching right now, you've never gone to that third step. But, but that certainly doesn't mean that it's, that it's not there. It's still waiting for you, but, but you're never going to get there until you know your purpose. And you're never going to know your purpose until you deal with your yesterdays. And you're never going to deal with those yesterdays until you step into a relationship with the living God. It's, again, a progression. It's a, it's a journey. But, but once you do, you can step into that, that final step. Again, it says, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his, in his holy people. God, he, he wants to make you rich. And, and no, I'm not talking about money. Your inheritance is that you are impacting other people for Christ. You're actually playing a role in God's redemptive plan for the world. Studies continue to reveal to us that the richest, the most satisfied people on this earth are the individuals who have had a positive impact on, on others. Where, where you lay down your head at night thinking to yourself, yes, I impacted the life of someone else for good. Yes, I still have problems, but, but I have fulfillment because I did what I was created to do. And, and so my role today, here on New Year's Day of 2023, is to nudge you gently to whatever that next step is. It's the same four, I'm just going to give it slightly different language. But first up, it's, it's time to get closer to God. To, to frame it in Grumlaw language, it's time to finally make that move from, from a tender to, to owner. Attenders are the individuals, and this might describe you. I'm not saying this in a disparaging sense, but you show up here about five minutes before the service starts, maybe even five minutes after the service starts. You sit here, you take it in, you consume, and then as soon as we say, hey, we'll see you back next week, you get out that door pretty dang quick, and then you show back up the next week or maybe like three weeks later or when it's kind of convenient for you. And that's okay if you start there. We remind you of this all the time. But don't sit in that attender seat for too long. Make that move to, to, to owner, where, where you begin to contribute to what God is up to in the local church. And here's my challenge to those of you who are watching right now. And this isn't just necessarily a challenge just for the people who are new around here. 
It, it might be for more people than we would like to admit who have been at this church thing actually for a while. My, my challenge for all of you right now is go all in for the next year. Go all in for 2023. So, so if there are groups, sign up for them. If there's a special event, sign up for it, go to it. If there's an opportunity to serve, sign up and show up. If you're in town, come to church in person. Fight to be here on Sunday mornings. Go all in. And if at the end of 2023, your life is not strikingly, it is not significantly better, I'm telling you, I'm being serious. I will change churches with you. If you've given Jesus your life, you're going to heaven. You are saved by faith alone through Christ alone. Scripture makes that very, very clear to us. But there's, there's more for you. So go all in here in 2023. One of actually the misconceptions amongst Christianity is that, that, that if you believe in Jesus, then, then everything's all good. But, but it's sort of interesting what Jesus actually tells us, especially in Matthew's account. We're going to look at that now. He says, again, Jesus speaking, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not, not everyone who, who says that they merely believe in me will enter the kingdom of heaven. I, I will tell them plainly, I, I never knew you. And for a lot of us, and come on, let's just be honest, probably a good chunk of people who are watching right now, this, <laughs> that presents a bit of a problem because again, let's just be honest, this is sort of your plan at the present moment. It's like, I said the prayer, so, so, so I'm good, right? Right? And, and then Jesus right here, he uses the same Greek word. This is really interesting that we referenced earlier from Paul, this, this new word. It, it describes that deep intimacy, that, that relationship, that, that knowing God. He, he will say, I never knew you. We never actually had a relationship with one another. And so again, go, go all in. One of the greatest promises that God offers us is that as we move closer to him, he will always move closer to you. And, and then number two, and, and most people, admittedly, they get stuck right here. We're still dealing with our own issues so that the idea that we might help someone else, it, it feels pretty outlandish. And, and again, there's another misconception here among Christianity. We tend to think that we solve this just by kind of praying it away. It's just between me and God, and I'll pray harder, and I'll pray more, and eventually my problems, they'll just kind of magically go away. But what Scripture teaches us is that we go to God to receive forgiveness, but, but God's solution to get that freedom that, that he's offering all of us is actually to go to his people. And so number two, it's, it's time to get honest with a friend. And, and this at least partially ties back to what we just talked about in step number one. We try to do our best around here to foster these types of relationships. It's why we all but beg you, and I think maybe a couple times I have actually gotten on my knees, we beg you to get into a connect group. Signups are actually coming at the end of this month to get into a connect group where you can actually be known. This is the secret sauce behind groups. This is what, if I'm just being totally honest, makes some groups really, really great, and other groups, even right here at Grumlaw, well, not so great. It all hinges on the degree to which people are willing to be honest with one another. Or, or to use perhaps a different word, confession. And, and typically confession, it gives birth to accountability. It was about a year and a half ago, 
um, that, that I felt a conviction from the Holy Spirit. My wife and I had been leading a, a group for some time, and I just felt this very, very clear prompting from the Holy Spirit to lead a men's group. And I wasn't really sure why, but as I was leaning into that, as I was praying about that, like God was, again, impressing that one word upon me, confession, confession, confession. Pull that which has been living out in the, in the dark and, and bring it into the light. And, and so we started with about six guys, and uh, honestly, we just kind of went for it. We were like, listen, you guys, we don't want this to just be another book study where we're learning more about God. Frankly, we don't really need any more knowledge. It's time to actually get real with one another. And uh, I just kind of opened it up. I said, is there anything that any of you guys want to confess that, frankly, you've never told anyone else? Which sounds like an outlandish proposition. But wouldn't you know it, there was one guy that was like, yeah. And he started confessing some stuff from his own life. And then the next guy, and then the next guy, and then the next guy. And around the circle it went, and now there is real accountability within that group. There is real life change happening because people got honest with one another. I heard of another group actually just a couple of weeks ago that's been going through this life map exercise at the beginning of, of every week of their groups where that they go around one person a week and, and they share about their entire life, kind of this mountaintop and valley experience where they chart it out in linear like chronological order, but they say like, this is kind of what happened to me in my childhood. This is what happened in my first marriage. Then, you know, this is what happened over here. And they're sharing things about their lives that again, they have never told anyone else and it is making that group come to life. Now, I'm not going to try and convince you that this sort of thing only or it exclusively happens in connect groups, but I will say it's better. It's better when this type of honesty is occurring amongst other people who are also moving towards Jesus. In fact, Jesus' brother James, think about that for a minute, he puts it this way. He says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, I want you to take note of what this says right here. Notice that James actually didn't write, confess your sins to God. Now, now we are called to do that. But but I think James knew what we all actually know. It's actually easier to confess and be honest with God than it is to be with other people. And so he's reminding us, hey, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might experience healing. We go, again, to God for forgiveness, but to his people for healing. That is where freedom is found. And so when those signups are taking place here at the end of this month, it's, it's time. Sign up for a connect group. And once you step into that group, connect group, be vulnerable, be honest, confess. And, and, and then you're going to be able to walk into that third step, which it's, it's time to discover your real purpose in life. Many of you who are watching right now, you have a very, very successful career going for yourself. But... <laughs> It's not your calling. And you can feel that. You get home every day and you're exhausted. You wake up the next day and and it's a feeling of, oh, I gotta go do that again. You have something that you were created to do and big surprise, you have to go to your creator to figure that out. And and church, I, I wanna make sure that you hear me on this. It's never too late Even if you have deviated a good ways from his plan, God, he has this unique ability to still bring you back in if you're willing to discover your purpose. Or you could put it this way. If you told me that this week, you're like, I'm going to to Grand Rapids for the weekend. I'd say, okay, have fun. You're like, yep. And and so the route I'm going to take is I'm going to jump up and I'm going to kind of drive through Traverse City and then I'll make my way on back down. I'm like, well, you you can do that, but it's certainly not the, the quickest way. 
God, again, he has that unique ability to bring you back in if you are willing, if you're willing. And again, it, it does depend on you, your willingness to step into what God has for you. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that, that God's going to ask you to switch careers. For most people, in fact, it means that you're going to begin to live out your purpose through your present career. It was actually just about two months ago, I was talking uh, with a friend who had been uh, working at one of the big three automakers for, for basically his entire adult life. And kind of surprisingly, and I say surprisingly because this is a per- person that just has so much joy, so much purpose in every single step, but he shared with me that for like the first 20 years of his career, he was absolutely miserable at that company. And it was even spilling over into his physical life. He was developing high blood pressure. He was at high risk for, for a heart attack and heart disease. And it's like all because of the stress that, that he was putting upon himself at, at this job. But then he has insurance and all this and all those like kind of concerns that keep you locked in at the same place. But, but then he encountered the living God. Somebody invited him to church and he actually went and he found out about the Savior who had given his life for, for him, who would have died for him if it was just him. And, and suddenly... That exact same job had, had purpose. He, he looks now to, to the second half of his career and, and he's having the time of his life. What, what changed? Your, your purpose is to make much to do of God, more God and, and less you. And you figure out that you can find purpose in just about anything you do if you are doing it for the glory of God. And, and then number four, it, it's time to do something that is greater than yourself. Again, there's hardly a week that goes by where, where we don't invite every single one of you to, to jump on a serve team, to begin contributing in a very, very practical way to what is going on here at the local church here at Grumlaw. And, and one of the things that I often hear from people who push back on this when I invite them, hey, you should jump on a serve team. One of the things that people will frequently kind of put back in my face is, well, Shay, look around. It, it looks like it's all going pr- pretty fine with, without me. And, and that's true. But, but it would run a lot better with you. And truly, we don't invite you to jump onto a team because we need more volunteers, though we we do. We invite you to get on a team because you need this. We say it this way all the time around here. This whole church experience, it comes to life in ways that you will never otherwise experience until you get on a team. In fact, I have been so blunt to say that until you get on a team, you're kind of counting down the days until you eventually walk out of this faith community. It's time to get off of the sidelines and begin to play a role in what God is up to in his church. I want to wrap up with this illustration, and it actually begins with a bit of a confession, uh, a confession that I've probably confessed many, many times before. As a lot of you know, I am, I am not known as a, as a terribly patient person. And I think that that impatience that, that exists inside of me, it most frequently bears itself out when I'm when I'm driving. Any other impatient drivers out there? Maybe I can't see what's happening out there, but probably a couple of you, right? I I drive with around and see other people around and about, and there's other impatient drivers out there. By the way, um, having a Grumlaw sticker on my car has kind of been life-altering for me. It's like this built-in accountability when I'm about to do something that's maybe a little aggressive. I'm like, oh, crud, I'm not just representing myself right now. I'm kind of representing my church. So that's just kind of as as an aside. Uh, One of the things that absolutely drives me nuts when I'm driving are people when you get to a stoplight and it is red, who insist on pulling out their phones and messing with their phone at every single stoplight. Like it's like this God-ordained time where it's like, okay, God's giving me 30 seconds. I'm just going to mess around on my phone. And I really don't like this because I know that it's going to cost me. 
I know that when the light turns green, they're not going to be paying attention, which is going to cause me to have to wait another light cycle. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, they're not paying attention, the light turns green, they wait three seconds, all of a sudden they punch the gas, and then it turns red for me, and there I am stuck again. But had they been paying attention, I would have made it through, causing me precious minutes that I will never get back in my life. And in those scenarios, when there's somebody messing around on their phone ahead of you, and the light turns green, and they're not paying attention, You have two horn options, right? One is the long, right? I mean, you just, I mean, you mash that thing. You're like trying to push it through the dash of your car. It's an aggressive, you got a face that kind of goes along with it. And it's like communicating, are you kidding me? Wake up, get moving, or I'm going to get out of this car and we are actually going to fight right now. Like it's it's, it's there. Then the other is the the softer, the, the gentler, the kinder, you know what I'm talking about? It's the beep beep. It's just a, it's just a soft little beep beep. And, and the beep beep, that communicates, hey, if, if you wouldn't mind putting your phone down for a minute right now and recognizing that the light is green now, if you would please, you know, move through the green light and maybe I can make it, that would be really, really great. I love you. We're buddies. Beep beep. Church, can I be really, really honest with you for a moment? That is exactly what it feels like. <laughs> to stand on this stage week after week and speak week after week knowing what God has for you, just trying to get you to take that next step. And and honestly, most Sundays, 99.9% of the time, that's what I do. I I just give that little beep beep. In fact, that's what I actually did today. It was literally just a series of beep beeps. Hey, pay attention, the light's green. Beep beep. But... But, but if I was to say it the, the other way, the, the way that maybe I was, I was tempted to say it sometimes, if I was to say it the get moving way, which I would never actually do, it might, this is just for example, it might sound more like, like seriously, you're gonna go another year without signing up for a connect group? You're just going to continue to live in bondage to your past and consequently undermine your future. Like you're going to go another year doing this. Now, I would never, again, actually say it like that. But 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 it might sound something like that if it was the uh, like the harder version. You're going to continue to be flat out disobedient to a very clear command, not not a recommendation, a command that Jesus gives us to get baptized, all because you're worried about getting your hair wet. All because you're worried about getting into that tank in front of all those people or because you don't really want to tell your story even though your story is going to help other stories be told? Really? Again, that, that's, that's what it might sound like if it was the more aggressive version. You're, you're going to sit on the sideline for another year continuing to ask what's in it for me when God invites you to play a role in his redemptive plan for the world? All of us currently serving will be better for it if you got over yourself and you finally took that step. You're going to attempt to claim Christ for another year while still hoarding all of your finances for yourself, even though Jesus has never let you down before? Really? You're going to go another year without developing real intimacy with Jesus through that daily encounter. You're going to continue to leave that time to chance. Okay. You're going to continue to not spend time in his word, allowing him to speak to you. You're going to continue to ignore prayer and the gift that it is where you could actually, again, develop a relationship with him. Just another year, just kind of letting that go by happenstance. That, again, is how I might say it if I was inclined to, to, to offer the, the 
uh, version. But, but again, I, I would, church, I would never say it like that. <laughs> Jesus already took a giant, a, a massive step towards us. When he not only became flesh and dwelt amongst us, but then offered himself as, as the once and for all sacrifice for, for our sin. And, and now it's time. It's time for you to make a move. Church, here, here's what I would leave you with. The, the light is green. It's, it's time. It's time to go. No more procrastinating. No more excuses. No, no more next year. No more, well, when, when those signups come around next time around. No, 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 no. It's time. Whatever that next step is, take it. Life, the, the life that you have been searching for, true life is waiting for you.